Okay, welcome to episode four of We Should Start a Podcast. My name is Tyler. This is my co-host, Nick. Hello. And we are trying something new. We're trying a few things new. We're This is the new We Should Start a Podcast. So um, we're going to start off with a segment that we're going to call We Should Tidy Up. And what I want to do here is explain some things from our last episode. Basically, I was saying Nick was eating his microphone and it was very awkward because I couldn't hear Nick, but his voice is very clear in the podcast. And so you're probably thinking, this Tyler guy is kind of a jerk. Well, we record over phones um, locally to our computers and then send the files and mix them together separately. So when I said I couldn't hear him, I literally couldn't hear him because his phone was cutting out. So we're trying something new. We're trying a service online that lets you basically record over the internet and we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, and also if there's any more technical dif- difficulties, I'll probably just cut those parts out. So it's not so awkward, um, which I probably should have done on the last one. So sorry about that. That's okay. I accept your apology. Yeah, Nick, I, you weren't eating your microphone. I apologize. I probably was hungry though. <laughs> yes, you did mention that. So, um, um, I think before we go into this, let's start with the, the beer of the week. The beer oh, of the yeah. show. Let's okay. I have I have a jingle for this already. Here we go. We should drink a beer. All right, Nick. What do you got? What are you What are you drinking? Uh, mine's from fifty four forty. They're out of uh, Washougal, and uh, I I kind of went with this one because of our conf- conversation on the last episode about uh, you know buying with your money, and this one's called the Restoration Ale. It's a pale ale. Pretty sure that and, everything uh, you buy is with money. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. Intentionally buying. Intentionally buying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I got started thinking about the beer before I finished my sentence. Get excited, I know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So this is the George. Oh, sorry, the George. The Gorge Refuge Stewards. It's basically, this beer helps support them, and it's for uh, salmon restoration. Nice. So that's that one. What? And what kind of beer is it? It's a pale ale, which you know, not really my favorite, but this is a uh, pretty good. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, well, m- mine isn't uh, so, uh, I guess, what's the word? I'm spacing out here. Um, Cause-focused. Um, it's just a local local brewery. So this is uh, from Rubens in Ballard, I believe, Rubens Brews. And uh, this is called Hazelicious IPA. And I haven't even opened it yet because so, I, I wanted to bless everybody with that beautiful sound. Ah, uh, Okay. And that's the cue for everyone else to, if you're able to, open up a beer and drink with us. So um, I haven't, I've actually, this is the last of my six packs. So I've had five of these already. So um, it's very good. <laughs> Not today. This is but... my first sip. Oh, okay. I thought it was today. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, and um, going back to the uh, Restoration Ale, everyone should check out refugestewards.org. That's the organization that they're partnering with on this beer. Uh, so 5440 Brewing. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, uh, shout out Ruben's Brews. Um, I had a Bits and Bobs um, last week that was very good as well. Um, love those hazy IPAs. It's I, I do want to say this, though, about beers that I've, I've kind of been noticing. So much of your experience with the beer depends on 
like what you've had right before it. You know, you mean food or just food beer? or anything, or if you haven't had anything before it, or I remember one time I like was working outside all day and I came in and I had like a fat tire amber ale or whatever. And it, it was, you know, it was just a decent beer, but it's not amazing. But like in that moment, it was the most delicious beer ever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I see. Your, yeah. Your circumstances Set can, can dictate like a lot, but yeah. So I actually had a different beer right before this one. So the first sip was like a switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get that switch. You're like, whoa, but it is very good. I know that because this is my sixth one. <laughs> not today, not today, but you know, in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And Look. you know, beer after a hard work or hard workout, I'm, I'm guilty of, uh, working out pretty hard. And then it's basically an excuse to drink more beer, but man, it tastes so good when you're done. Yeah. Usually my, my post-workout drink is like a protein shake, but you know, to each his own. <laughs> to each their own. I mean, there's complex carbs so you know okay well maybe i should try that i mean maybe i'd end up looking more like you which your, wouldn't be bad your doctor will not agree with my evaluation <laughs> okay so um now that we've gotten that out of the way um we've also decided that we would, you know based on the conversation from the last episode and what you've kind of heard us talking about already so far um, we want to shift to kind of away from the work-life balance focus that we had kind of started the podcast on the premise of and move more into a um, just kind of highlighting the good in our communities and um, trying to spotlight things things that are doing good excuse me and uh, yeah so we're going to start by trying to feature local beers in our we should drink a beer um, portion of the show and um and when we say local, we mean the Seattle Tacoma area and or just Washington. I, mean, well, I think Northwest. I think we should do Northwest because there's some good stuff in Montana, Oregon. Yeah, some uh, of my favorite beers are out of Oregon. So I don't remember. The really Canadians wanna... do a mighty fine cerveza. <laughs> You're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so yeah, so we're going to we're going to try to feature the the good companies yeah. not the not necessarily the big companies not to that's not to say that the bigger beer companies aren't good as well but um they don't need our help yeah so they don't plus this is our show we can drink what we want yeah okay so we should what 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 should we do for our first segment um, we forgot um, to number our segments like we did last time. That was yeah, nice. I, I noticed that. It's okay. We can. We can <laughs> I'll, do this. I'll I'll start this one. All I'll right. do this one. Um, we're gonna call this segment. We should set some ground rules because there's a situation currently in my house where my wife has started to bring in house plants, and that's great. Like it's beautiful. Like it improves the air quality of the house. I've I've heard all the reasons why we should continue to have houseplants. Um, and I'm like, great, this looks, you know, they look good. Um, she's, she's very good at decorating with houseplants. So it's not bad, but you know, as the weeks go by more and more are showing up, I'm starting to get worried. There's a lot of plants. So I had to 
set some ground rules. And so I came up with this policy and I want to run it by you, Nick, to see if this is fair. Okay. And we, there was a little bit of, sorry, what? Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. Um, there, I, there was some discussion with my wife about this. And basically w- the rule that I came up with is that from any point in the house without turning my head, I can like turn my eyeballs, but without turning my head, I don't want to see more than four plants. So, Oh, in your peripheral. So it's pretty, Wait, is that? Yeah. It's, no, no, it's, it's in your peripheral, but I, without turning my head. So that gives her some freedom to, you know, like one room could have a lot more than four, as long as you can't see more than four from one point because my 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 concern is that i'm going to come home and it's going to be like jumanji in my house and there's going to be a plant that attacks me or that'd be cool yeah well for me probably (laughs) it would well only if you saw it it wouldn't be cool if you're like could just get a phone call and be like yeah i'm I'm sure you got one of those like uh nest cameras that i can watch (laughs) well those are all on the outside but uh, yeah. So what, what do you think? Does that seem like a fair rule to you? I, I'm kind of on your wife's side on this one. I, so I just turned around to see if I could test this rule. Granted, we live in a small apartment, but I counted more than four in my vision and we don't really have that many, but you apartments. turned like, did no, you? No, no. I turned cause my back is to them. So I had to turn around and look where the plants are and they're all on that side of the house. Okay. Um, and we're not going to have any, the, you've never seen my apartment, but like down this hall, cause there's no light, they'd all die. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I don't know, man, I, it depends on how big your house is. So, well, I live in a mansion, so. Okay. Then um, you have problems. Yeah. I, I don't, I think my rule might need to change. Well, basically let's be honest. She's going to win anyways. Well, yeah, I, I hear that like when she tells people about this rule, I feel like every time she talks about it, she like changes the number on me, like in front of me so that I, I then I look bad saying like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, we made a rule. I just can't have more than six plants in line of sight. And I'm like, wait, wait, well, no, that, I said four. How do, we, how do we get to six? So Is she had reverse yeah, psychology. She, you, She's like, no, she's you said gonna, six. And you're like, wait, did I? Shit. She's going to do what she wants anyway. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? Really? I mean, Houseplants, there could be worse things. She could get in, like these weird gnome figurines and put them all throughout the house. I, I trust my wife. She's she's not that kind of person. She will not do that to me. She will not so do I'm that. Saying, she wouldn't do that to herself. At least it's houseplants. It could be worse things. Yeah, no, she has she has a good taste. No offense to any gnome lovers out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I mean, houseplants. That's kind of. Wor- I'm a little bit on that kick too, but so full disclosure. It's kind of a trend right now. Yeah, it is. And I've noticed when I am surrounded by plants, uh, especially in our Northwest weather most of the year, uh, it kind of makes me feel a little more, man, what's the word I'm looking for? Alive? <laughs> Just, yeah, no, it's it's one of the reasons that we love living in the Pacific Northwest. Like we're surrounded by life. Like it's, it's green, like everything. There's plants and trees and everywhere. Like it's well, the lack of light too. Having those things around for some reason makes it better. And we've gotten to the point where we're starting to get a little collection. We'll probably grow this spring, summer, but 
I am the green thumb in the house and I can't get too many because I am not the best at remembering the watering mm. schedules, even though they don't die. Um, I'm not as you know militant about the schedule, which goes into a topic I'd like to talk about is why is it that houseplants are so much more sensitive than plants out in nature? Like if you forget to water a plant like a week schedule, it starts to wither and die. But plants out in nature are like, oh, whatever, you know, it's hot. It's a lot of rain. There's a fire, you know, right next to me. It's all good. I'll survive. What What is the difference between these two genres of plant? Well, I mean, I, I feel like nature keeps plants alive without us. So when they, when they're outside, they're just like, yeah, this is this is where I live. But when they're in inside, they're like. Um, yeah, so the light's okay, but you know, there's other stuff that I need can, um, I can't really see any clouds from here. Uh, a little worried about that. So, you know, that's where we come in. We gotta, we gotta be, we gotta be the outside for the plant when it's inside. I think, I mean, that's my hypothesis, I guess, but some plants that some, some plants that are, that do well inside though aren't necessarily suited for this region. So that's also the thing. Yeah. A thing. You know, when you were playing the part of the plant, I thought that'd be a really cool cartoon of like a plant hanging out and just speaking its mind, but the person, the human can't hear. That'd be a a very funny show. Just just like, Oh, Hey, you're home. You know, I was like, where where are you going? Uh, Over here. I've missed you. <laughs> you know, oh, you look at me. You Look at, I got a new leaf. Oh, oh, oh. oh, that'd be good. And then like every plant has a different personality. And like when you're gone, yeah. they're talking to each other. <laughs> like, you know, she doesn't really love you. Did you notice that I got more water than you? <laughs> <laughs> How does succulent sound? Lots, lots of like this, I think. Like a... <laughs> very sloppy sound yeah, I, like I don't it. know this is a i should talk to some artists this could be a thing <laughs> it, it could oh. be like uh, the secret life of plants like a, a knockoff of that secret life good. Of pets. that'd be really good we should call pixar yeah well i think no i think it was somebody else made that movie whatever who cares we'll call pixar they'll talk to us tomato tomato all right, let's let's do another new sec another new segment here. Um, and this is something that kind of came up a week or so ago. Um, I'm gonna call this one "We Should Turn from the Dark Side." And this idea came to me because um, I have a Twitter account. Everybody should follow me. Um, I changed my Twitter handle to reflect the podcast. I'm now at We Should Tyler. So everybody go follow at We Should Tyler. Mm-hmm. And um, Basically, I, I'm not very active. I, I follow a lot of people and I like read stuff. I follow it for news, like whether it be sports or political stuff. And um, I I made some comments on somebody else's posts. And I got a lot of action. Like I wasn't really, I'm not used to that. I'm not active on Twitter. So I got a lot of likes, a lot of like comments, a lot of, basically a lot of action. And it was like intoxicating 
I was like, oh my gosh, these people are listening to me. These people all agree with me. Like, and then when people disagreed with me and would comment, I would defend myself. And then more people would like my defense of myself. And I was like, uh, and I know this is just like, this is social media in a nutshell, but you know, I'd, I'd done it on Facebook and stuff, but Twitter, it's like when something pops off on Twitter, it's like, it booms big, really fast. And then like dies down and goes away and stops. But that boom is so like fast and I don't know. You, do, do you know what I'm talking about at all? Do you Twitter at all? I don't tweet. You I don't tweet. Twit about. You're not a not a tweeter. No, I should though. I, I mean, I don't know. What what are, what are you tweeting that's getting a bunch of big hits? That's what everyone oh, wants I was to just, know. I was just talking trash about the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, so we're not trying to make enemies here, so we'll not. Yeah, whatever. That. No, the Cowboys suck. Um, but (laughs) the, basically what it, what is the, what is wrong with us that like, it feels so good to get validation from complete strangers. Like who cares, honestly, but it felt really good. And then afterwards I was like, that felt really good, but in a dirty way. I don't know. Like, I don't something deep seated right in our in our psyche i think it's like in that school like when you're a kid you're growing up and some kids might do something or say something that you don't entirely see as you but you do it because there's validation from those around you yeah um this is a i would the reason i mentioned that is like i would see this as being similar because we behind the keyboard it's a lot easier to say or claim something without much repercussion because you know yeah you could you basically you you voice this radical opinion and it gets a lot of reaction but then you basically you can walk away from that right the like you're not oh you're not the guy that said that you're just like people forget you know yeah and there's so much these days that you just you're upset about one thing or you're offended or support or whatever. And then 20 minutes later, there's 15 more things and you've forgotten. Yeah. We're just bombarded. That's true. I didn't really know where I was going with that. I think I just wanted to brag that I got some action on Twitter. So <laughs> you got some action, huh? Well, right. when, I, when I say action, I mean attention, Twitter action. Yeah. Twitter, I, I Twitter gotcha. attention. Um, you're laying down yeah but i haven't done it since and that was like a week ago so i haven't tried because i'm like you know what that was i don't want to i don't want to get sucked in so but yeah that being said i have to look that up i'm gonna look it up now no don't do that <laughs> i'm gonna follow this guy um trolling them yeah go for it i'll, I'll sniff you out <laughs> you'll be the only person trolling me I'll be like, this is nick isn't it like, no who's nick all right, so the the you know what I want to I'm going to tell a little I don't know what should we do uh I'm going to do I don't know what to call this one I feel like it needs a we should segment title but I can't think of one so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go into it um wet wipes uh, are the best toilet paper wait. is not the best 
So oh, oh, so you're talking adults or children here? Oh, well, both. I mean, I, right now specifically, I'm talking about adults. Like huh. adult, like wet wipes. It's like it's so much easier. It's so you feel clean. You're confident. You're like, I am. I know that I'm clean. Like I'm definitely clean. Yeah. And I know that like obviously a bidet would be a better situation, but I've never actually experienced that. I, I don't know if that is a better situation, but I've heard it is. Um, it, it is. I've experienced it in two different scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> well, once like a true bidet uh, in Argentina. Okay. And then uh, the second time at a um i don't know it's at a at a place of work and it was basically like a toilet seat that uh you would put on your normal toilet seat here in america and, okay yeah i've seen those yeah so it's so you know they're it's nice <laughs> <laughs> it's nice um no but like this the, i feel like it should be standard like wet wipes should be standard because like toilet paper just kind of sucks like it's true especially like the the institutional single ply toilet paper that you know we experience like uh so I'll, I'll share an example that happened to me recently that basically spawned this whole like cause that i have to get wet wipes as a standard or a bidet i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm adding an option like yeah, if bidet. you don't want to do wet wipes because that can get expensive mm -hmm. do a bidet because i mean that's probably still expensive but cheaper in the long run so um, we I work construction, and I'm on this job right now, and we have porta potties. And it was a Monday, and it was after it was after a Game of Thrones Sunday, which, Ooh. in the, in in my house at least for this final season, we're treating Game of Thrones like game day. Um, we don't have football right now, um, but we do have Game of Thrones, and so I had made like a bunch of hot wings, and we had, you know, beer or whatever. So my my Monday was a little rough to <laughs> to put it lightly, and I didn't have wet wipes and I needed them. Like, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, "What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Like, it's a porta potty. I can't like, I have no access to water. I can't like, because in situations before, I've taken like a watered up some toilet paper and like got it a little wet, like in the sink or something. And like, just kind of made wet wipes myself, which it kind of works, but not really. Yeah. It um, kind of disintegrates, doesn't it? Yeah. It kind of does, <laughs> but it's better than better than nothing. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm in a porta potty. Like I have no options. What am I going to do? And then I look up and I see the hand sanitizer dispenser. Why? And I think, could this work? Oh, uh, so I did it. I, I tried it. Uh, wait, wait, wait. back. <laughs> you did what? I, I put hand, I, I took some toilet paper and I balled it up and I put hand sanitizer on it and kind of like rubbed it in a little bit just so it wasn't all just gelled up on top of it. And then I, I used that to wipe did and burn a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Um, but I feel like it was clean. Like I, I know that. Like I, I actually had, I did it twice. Um, oh, and yeah, I was like, okay. but I was confidently clean and, yeah. and it, you know, I was aware of a subtle burn for probably another hour afterwards, which <laughs> I don't know if that's, that might be a bad sign. So yeah. I don't know if I would recommend doing this, but 
it just, might be I just warning want, labor. I just want to like, stress like the levels that I have to go to because I don't have the wet wipes available. Um, mm-hmm. So what can we, we need to pass some sort of legislation like the clean butt act or something like that just to, just to help people in situations like me where we make bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Help fix my yeah. bad decisions. Well, yeah. needless to say, I I've mean, since I, I keep like a few, I keep like a small amount of wet wipes, like in a Ziploc bag now, um, which I've done in the past, but I had kind of gotten away from that, but now they're back. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I've been on that train for a while. Um, I, however, I, so I'm going to be a little bit of a bummer here, but I'll have a solution. Uh, okay. First of all, actually, first of all, you should tweet this about the whole, uh, Purell. The... It doesn't matter. Nobody follows me. <laughs> Somebody will after this. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, we never said you could do this, but... I'll, I'll try it again tomorrow, and I'll live tweet it. <laughs> okay. I look forward to it. Um, so the, I did a little research with wet wipes, and the biggest issue with them is that they don't break down in municipal sewer systems. They end up clogging up the system because they don't break down like toilet paper does as you've noticed like the cottonelle ones they say that they're safe for municipal systems they claim but i don't think it is it's much like marketing stuff like they say it is and it might be but in the long run like if you were to put too much into your especially a septic system it might start to cause some problems so like let's say you have a family of four and you're all using the wipes that's a lot of wipes that's going to go in there and it doesn't well, yeah, break down that you fast. You only need like one or two wipes versus like how many toilet paper swipes. Like it, ends it depends up being on less. if you had a, a big Game of Thrones Sunday okay. every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so there's that. And that's the biggest thing. So I would I would argue bidet. Uh, and I think the biggest reason we don't do it is just cultural. Uh, I don't know why, but... Maybe it's weird that people feel like you wash your bum with it's, water. It's big. It's big paper, man. They're it's yeah. They're you know they're they're blocking it. You could argue that. Just like big oil is blocking cars that run on garbage, like in Back to the Future. Oh, that's actually going to be a, something about our next episode. I have a segment that I so we'll save that. But thank okay. you for reminding me. And teaser for everybody else. <sighs> okay, so bidets. Um, bidets for everybody. I love it. I, I, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. My wife is listening to this right now. We're getting a bidet. Dude, you um, can get a little like adapter things, like just toilet seats. No, I'm going to get one of those like fancy ones from Japan that have like 10 different settings. Oh. Okay. Um, your house. <laughs> it's gonna be in the master bath. Sorry. <laughs> Over here, boy. Were they making fun of you again? <sighs> Hi, this is Tyler from We Should Start a Podcast. Does your dog suffer from a weak stream? You may not know this, but in the animal kingdom, especially with canines, a weak pee stream can be viewed as a sign of weakness. When you walk your dog, does it seem like other dogs are laughing at him? Does he seem ashamed? Ears back? 
tail between his legs, head down. Give your dog his mojo back with the Pup Pee Tent. That's right, it's a quick and simple pop-up privacy tent to let your dog do his low-pressure urinating behind closed doors, away from the judgy eyes of those mean neighborhood dogs. And if that's not enough, the deluxe model comes with a built-in speaker that replicates the sound of a literal fire hose. Looks like there's a new alpha dog on the block, huh, buddy? <laughs> that's a good boy. Get yours today at WeShouldStartAPodcast.com. Um, so let's do, let's do everybody's favorite segment. We should learn something. We should learn something. Okay. So, (laughs) well, you had, you had a better one last, last episode, but I'll let you go first this time. Okay. So, oh, for, for the new listeners. For the new listeners, the way that we should learn something goes is we each go to Wikipedia, select the random article link five times, write down those five articles, um, pick one of them to research, and then bring that information back to the podcast. And and uh, so what happens now is Nick is going to list his five articles. And I have to try to guess which one he picked, and then he, and then he says yes or no. There's no prizes for that. Um, and then he explains and teaches us about the article that he chose to research. And then I do the same with my five articles. All right, take it away. Okay. Number one, Cooper's school. Cooper's school. Mm -hmm. By Chester. I'll give you that. By Chester. It says Cooper's school comma by Chester. Okay. Um, Second one is Roy Farrell. Feral. Okay. Um, third one is Republic of Vietnam National Police VIP Protection Service. Wow. That's a long, That's a long title for a department. It, it takes a long time to type into Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last or fourth one is I'm going to butcher this Mangelia Heptaplura. I'm, okay, it sounds like a disease. It could be. And then the last one, also, I, I tried to. Never mind, never mind. I'm gonna, it's going to be butchered <laughs> to Veshnava. Okay, sounds. You spelled like it sounds. Or something. I think the Veshnava. last two were um, Middle Eastern. Oh, okay. So I, I think you probably went with the Vietnam police squad that's protected. Oh, I got you this time. No, I almost did. But that one was lame, at least on okay. Wikipedia. <laughs> and, I mean, full disclosure, everybody, I'm sorry. This was a lame one for me. No offense to the person that I picked, which is Roy Farrell. Farrell. I don't know. Rory? Rory. Rory. Roy, Rory. This beer is starting to. <laughs> okay, it's a hard word to say. And <laughs> uh, so, going right into Roy, he his full name. Wait, is R- Rory or Roy? Roy. Ah, oh, you're making me mess up now. <laughs> Roy, Roy Clinton Farrell. Okay. Gosh, he was born June nineteenth, nineteen twelve. And he left us 
uh, January 3rd, 1996. I believe it was 80-something. I did the math, but 83. <laughs> okay. He was a co-founder of Cathay Pacific Airways, along with the Australian Sydney DeCanso, which basically is business partner. So he founded an airline. Yeah, but it wasn't passenger airlines. It was more like shipping, logistics, that kind of thing. I'll get into that. Okay. Uh, he was in uh, China in World War II, and that's what led him to start an export business called the Roy Farrell Import Export Company. He must have spent a long time on that name. And that was in <laughs> 1945. He had basically he had done a lot of flying uh, in the China China National Aviation Company, and he would fly supply stuff uh, in Burma for the war effort. And one of the places that they flew over, from what I understand, frequently was the Hump, which is basically over. Okay. I had to like side research this one, but it was. The hump was the name given by Allied pilots in the Second World War. It was on the eastern end of the Himalayan mountains. And they would fly military transport aircraft from India to China to resupply the Chinese war effort. And this was prior to the Air Force. So back then, it was just the United States Army Air Forces. And I think... I think after World War II is when the Air Force was actually established. But back then, they were a part of the Army. So that's where all that came from. Uh, so that's kind of cool. It's probably dangerous flying. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah. So he, after that, they decided to start um, flying, I guess, supplies, you know, logistics kind of thing. Started this Cathay Pacific Airways and did that for a number of years. He eventually sold his, I think he went down from 92% to 10%. And then he went on to establish an amphibian airways in the Philippines. And he operated that until 1949. And after that, he just returned to Texas to raise his family and sold the remaining interest in Cathay Pacific in 1953. Towards the end of his life, or life that after the whole logistics plane stuff, he was involved in oil and gas exploration in Vernon, Texas. Um, Sounds like just an industrialist, basically. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he, he I don't know if he was actually in the army or he was a civilian doing stuff like, like a contractor just making Uh, money off the war. Yeah. I mean, that there's a whole other story about that, but yeah, that's, that's Roy Farrell. Not Rory, but Rory Rory. because it's beer (laughs) apparently my speech impediment. Okay. Well, uh, all right. Um, I'll go next. And, uh, I promise what I have for you is going to be more interesting than Roy Farrell. Um, so I'm going to list off my five here. Ready? Yes. Okay. Where'd you go? <laughs> Sorry. I stepped away for a second. 
Okay. Number one, Mentor Collective, a British Asian banger group. Okay. L or number two, L. That's it's it's just L in parentheses film, and this is a Greek movie produced in two thousand eleven. Uh, three, law reform in parentheses year and date rule in parentheses act of nineteen ninety six. Wait, wait, say that uh, one again. Three, law reform year and day rule act of nineteen ninety six. Okay. Uh. Four, Drunk Uncle, the 2001 album by the Hoboken, New Jersey band Crop Duster. <laughs> Number five, The Beautiful Otero, a 1954 French-Italian historical drama. I'm going with the law one. The Law Reform Year and Day Rule Act of 1996. Yes. That is not what I picked. Yeah, I but there were so many interesting topics. I kind of researched all of them. Um the Law Reform Year and Day Rule Act was apparently this is in in Britain. Uh, there is there was a there was a law that basically said um, if somebody dies a year after an incident, it's not homicide or not manslaughter. So basically, like if you hit somebody with your car and they're like in a coma in a hospital for a year and a day, and then they die, then you're off the hook. Gotcha. So in 90, 1996, they they changed that. So hmm. because it's like, okay, clearly that was, I mean, they died of injuries from this incident. So it could still be manslaughter or whatever. So that's what that was. Um, the beautiful Otero, number five. Um, I looked into that a little bit. It was a historical drama about a person whose name was uh, I wrote it down here uh, Carolyn Otero and she was a Spanish dancer that um, was got famous in France in uh, like 1800s basically she was like a courtesan and like was highly sought after and uh was a dancer and had love affairs with like every government person in europe basically at the time so i was like wow it's kind of crazy that stuff like that happened back then anyway uh where's my document here uh i ended up going with, well the drunk uncle album i couldn't find anything on it like i wanted to listen to it to check it out i couldn't find it i couldn't find it um you couldn't even find like a Spotify or anything? No, 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 I couldn't find it anywhere. Apparently Amazon had like one copy of the CD left that I could order if I wanted to, but there's no way. Um, it was like on sale <laughs> for like $2.50 or something like that. So what I ended up going with was the first one, Mentor Collective, a British Asian Bangor group. So this article in Wikipedia is very, very small. But when I read the description of what it was, I was like, "What? what is this? It sounds like a band. And then I, I read it and it was talking about a singer and a rapper and a DJ and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. So I looked him up. Nick, I think I'm a Bangra fan now. Why is it that? Is, okay, so Bangra is like the like fun, poppy, like hip-hop influenced like Indian music that you see in movies. Where like it's like at a wedding and everybody's like that cool dance like together. And it's like Bollywood, like, but hip hop. Okay. 
Tell me more. And uh, yeah, so this band, Mentor Collective, they have one album. It's hard to find anything on them online. Um, it's basically like that, but with a lot more like more rap into it. And it came hmm. out in like 95 and they're from the UK. Um, but I really liked it. I really liked it. I've listened to it like a couple times now. And I'm actually going to put one of the songs off this album at the end of the podcast just to share with you. <coughs> Excuse me. Because it's just fun. Like it's it's fun music. And um, I don't know, like it's uh, it, this this Wikipedia thing is expanding my horizons. Like what, what do you know? I discovered like, a, you know, I had a vague understanding of like this music music existed because I'd seen it in some movies, but I never really like sat down and listened to it. I'm like, man, this stuff is, it's just fun. Like there's like the dance, like there, I saw some YouTube videos on how to do the dance that they do to this kind of music. Oh, please and tell like, me one, you do the dance. I, I'm going to learn it. Like nice. I, I, so it's like one of the rules that I, in the YouTube videos they say is that like, when you do this dance, you have to be smiling. Like that's part of the dance. And so I'm like, awesome. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't angry dance to this music because it's just, it's smile music, you know? Like they use it for celebrations, like weddings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So I, I found a, a Spotify playlist called Bangra Banger Bangers Bangra Bangers. Um, that is a good place to start to like check out some newer ones that aren't from 1995. But, um, but yeah, thank you to Mentor Collective for popping up randomly on my Wikipedia and just blessing my life with some fun, happy music. That's this probably gonna be the soundtrack of my summer. This could be happening twice in one episode for you because Crop Duster 250 could be the greatest album you ever buy. Crop Duster 250? Yeah, that's, oh, is that $2.50 the, on the album? Yeah, that's, on the I'm not, not going to buy it. I'm not going <laughs> to Dude, it, this could be the second coming of this experience you just had. Actually, I found a review of that album um, in the, the Stranger archives. Like, The Stranger is a Seattle like newspaper like an oh, alternative really? newspaper. Yeah. And they had a review of the, of the album and it was actually a pretty good review. Um, apparently it's like indie rock, but like with a country influence. Hmm. But, uh, I was like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. So I was trying to find it to hear it, but I couldn't find it. That I'm curious what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. So if you can find it and send me a link, I'd be I'll interested to check it out. But I just, I couldn't find it and I wasn't going to, order a CD just for a checkout. So, so yeah, that was definitely go check out. Um, you know, what? actually listen to the episode, listen to the song at the end. And if you like it, check out mentor collective it's, uh, and then Bangra, I should say is spelled B H A N G R A. Um, I think it's actually pronounced Bangra, but, um, I'm white. So I butcher stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Apology accepted. <laughs> I wasn't apologizing to you. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's it. So we learned something. I, I learned about a lot of stuff. I didn't learn much from mine, but yours, <laughs> I want to check this out. So. Yeah. Um, what do you want to do next? I want to do foul balls 
at baseball games. Okay, yes. So this is a, a we're going to talk sports. So we should talk sports. This isn't I didn't write that in our show notes, but that's what this segment's going to be called. <coughs> we should talk sports. And I was listening to somebody talk about how uh you 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 know when when somebody catches a when you catch a foul ball at a baseball game and I've never done it and I've gone to so many baseball games like I love I grew up loving baseball I went to so many baseball games I always wanted to catch a foul ball never did always brought my glove Nick are you a baseball fan Giants yes do you bring your glove to the games I when I was young yes no longer because oh, I feel like I it's winning do. the lottery I'm not gonna win the lottery they're not gonna hit a foul ball or a home run. In my yeah, direction. but if you do, I you're gonna be you gotta want to be prepared. Uh, Last barehanded time I went, I hat I'm or a man now. my garlic fries. Oh, don't sacrifice the garlic fries. Just catch it with your hand. Okay. So, but here's here's the predicament though. When you catch a foul ball at a baseball game, and you're an adult, like if that if that ever happens to me, there's gonna be kids around because there's kids at baseball games. I'm gonna have to dominate some kid to catch this ball. Mm-hmm. So. And and you know especially in major league games like they'll the cameras will catch it they'll they'll see you catching the ball over a kid and not giving the kid the ball which is a right. terrible move but I've never caught one and I've always wanted to so if I catch one I want to keep it so I started to think about how could I keep this foul ball that would mean so much to me and I came up with a solution well the obvious solution is to just always have a kid with you so that way mm-hmm. you catch the ball and then for the cameras. You give the kid the ball, but guess what? After the game, you get your ball back because it's a kid, whatever. What are they going to do? So, but you know, you can't always take your kids. Sometimes you're with, sometimes you don't have a kid. A lot of people don't have kids. So you could also, I thought, go into when you, when you get to a game, find like a kid around you and just enter a contract with that kid. Say, if I catch a foul ball, I'll pay you 20 bucks to play the part of the kid that I give this to. And then at the end of the game, you give it back to me and you keep the money. And so you're basically paying them off to you look like a nice guy for the cameras. And then the the announcers say, ah, one for the kids, you know, whatever. But then you still get to keep your foul ball. And then they pan over and they see you taking the ball and giving them a 20. And like this (laughs) ball over here. No, you do that. You do that at the at the big you you come to that agreement at the beginning, so that at, you wait till the end of the game to do that and you'd be like, all right, here I'm going to pay you for that ball now. You're a dad. You know they don't have that attention span. Once they get that ball, they're gonna be like, forget that deal. Yeah. So the cameras will probably catch you yelling at the kid like to give. Yeah. Oh, we had a deal. A hand on give it. me my like ball. Pulling back and forth. <laughs> or you actually, like, oh. I think this is the easiest thing to do. Is you just buy an MLB baseball from the sporting goods store is like what 10 bucks you put it in your pocket with you and that way when you catch a legitimate foul ball you can just swap them or switcheroo little switcheroo switcheroo I can't say that or you just say hey I got this brand new ball I'll give you this one. I'll take this old, dirty one with this, you know, scuff mark on it. And depending on how young the kid is, they'll probably want to go with the new one. Yeah, that's risky though, because if they're like, if it's like a twelve-year-old, they're gonna know. They're like, I don't want this. 
I want the stupid new ball. Like, I want the <laughs> ball that my hero hit. Well, you don't always get to choose the, who hits the ball, right? Like, no, yeah, when people I mean, actually, here's a good little scenario for you. What if it's the opposing team that hits the home run or foul ball and you catch that ball? Are you going to keep it, throw it back? Are you going to still make a deal with the kid? What's your take Dude, on that? I don't sit in the outfield with the peasants. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. No, I would probably be in the outfield. Um, well, it depends on who hits it. Um, it's, if it was like a rival, if it was like the Yankees, then I'm going to throw that ball back. I mean, everybody says they're a rival of the Yankees, but, but that's because everybody hates the Yankees. Like if if it's a situation like that, then as long as, yeah, I'll, if people are like cheering, cheering you on, you know, like whatever, I'll throw the ball back. This is where the switcheroo um, could be good because what if it's a really good player – from the opposite team, you're like, man, I want to keep this. You just on your back, switch it out, throw the new one. That might be a good idea. Maybe I should keep keep us keep a switcheroo ball yeah. for this very scenario. On you that topic, actually, I've been watching the NHL while trying to in preparation for Seattle getting a team. Oh, I'm so excited! Yeah, Do we know what the name is yet. No, I think it? no, they haven't done that yet. However, they did do the voting, I want to say, like Seattle Times or something like that. And I think it's yeah, but the, leaning towards the Sockeyes, but that's not official. Oh, I hope not. Come on, really? I want the Metropolitan throwback, man. That's the original. That would be cool, but, I mean, we're not really a metropolitan city. Uh, we kind of are now. We're getting there. Yeah. Anyways, I came to realize that for it seems like NHL players are very philanthropic with the equipment. Like they're hanging out, you know, practicing shooting the pucks and those kids up on the glass and they'll just throw it straight up over and give it to a kid. And it's always a scenario when you try to give it to one kid, but the other kid catches it. And so you're like, oh, I don't want to give it to that kid. I want this kid to have it. So you throw another one over. And the other kid catches it. I know that's still not the kid I wanted. So like you're like three or four pucks deep and you finally get to the kid you want to, or it doesn't work out. And you're like, ah, forget it. I'll just throw a stick over. And I'm wondering, is this something that the NHL as a policy, like a marketing ploy has done or are just NHL player players, just super cool dudes. They're like really nice guys. that just want to get kids to enjoy their time at the game. Honestly, I think that they might just be cool guys. Like all of the interviews that I've listened to with with hockey players, they seem like really cool people. Yeah. Like just down to earth like like they're super competitive and they like play hard and they fight, but like they're real. Like they're they're like, "Oh yeah, these kids are here for us." They like they remember when they were the kid and they they don't get too big-headed because hockey like as a whole isn't really like they're not super rock star status like basketball, football, and baseball stars are. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in Canada, but um, you know, they're not like you know over the top crazy famous, and so they're still down to earth for the most part. Um, I hope that's not offensive to hockey fans to hear that, but they're down to I mean, earth. Not, no, that like it's not. They're not as famous as oh basketball, well, I mean, whatever. Subjective. 
Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, probably it has a lot to do with marketing too. Like, what kind of equipment you don't see commercials for hockey equipment? Like, this is like the the Sidney Crosby signature ice skate. You don't see that commercial on TV, you know. So, yeah, maybe that's how they're not as big. I guess. Do you think when Seattle gets a team and they start doing stuff like that, you'll see people walking down the street with their Sidney Crosby or whatever the player is? Hockey skates on just on the sidewalk. <laughs> like you see Seahawks jerseys and skates walking. Oh yeah, the well people skates on. You you know people are gonna rock the. I think they're called sweaters, right? Uh, I don't know. I think that's what they call them, I like the jerseys. Jerseys. No, I think they call them sweaters. Mm, that might be offensive to hockey players. No, I don't think so because it's a throwback to the original hockey jerseys that were literally sweaters. Oh okay. Shows how much I know about <laughs> hockey. Yeah. It's I, fun to watch, though. I will say that. Oh, dude. Playoff hockey is the best. Although, at this point, all the teams that I like have interest in are kind of out of it. Um, so. Did it, I haven't watched recently just because of the lack of time. Are the Sharks still in it? The Sharks are still in it. Yes. So, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> you don't even know they were in it. Well, I watched, uh, I watched Game 7 of the Sharks and the Golden Knights. And it came in the third period. It was getting kind of late for me. That was a little weird. That what? whole situation where they scored like four goals in like a minute or something. Right. So I went to bed. I was like, I'm not going to stay up and watch this. It's four goals. It's the last period. There's Nothing's going to happen, right? And the Golden right. Knights were pretty much dominating well actually i wouldn't say dominating but they, they clearly had a four they, they had an advantage right yeah and then i wake up and i just oh, i'm kind of curious i look it up and the, the sharks won i'm like wait i missed this crazy comeback and the only reason i know this is because a bunch of niners were there and i saw this on like instagram or something like that they're all like freaking out or whatever. And, and I look it up and I was like, oh my goodness, they came back and won. I missed this amazing game seven. So I've now learned that you just can't turn off the hockey game even when it's the third period and you're down by four goals. Yeah, you can't. I mean, anything could happen. It's playoff hockey, man. Um, <laughs> you should probably explain though to the people listening why you're a fan of such horrible teams like the Niners and the Sharks. Oh, <coughs> well, so I am originally from the Bay area. I was born there and spent a, a lot of my life growing up there. And when it comes to sports, Seattle fans, at least football fans don't understand that you, you grow up with a team and you follow them through thick and thin. And, Sounds like uh, a that is why I'm a generalization. Uh, what you know are you about saying about Seattle sports fans? You know all about the bandwagon fans in Seattle, in particular football. Well, okay. To be fair, <laughs> the Seahawks were terrible for a long time. Oh yeah, sure. So you can't compare being a 49er fan through the same period because the 49ers had years and years of great football. So it's not really comparable. They'll have more. Don't but worry. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, to everybody out there, I am still 
aligned with my Bay Area teams. However, when it comes to hockey, I will I'll be supporting the Seattle team. That'll be my team. Um, and but I do follow Seattle soccer, so there's that. Okay. And I don't mind the Mariners. We're a different division. Nah, eh, whatever. Different league. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah. No. No. No worries. Anyway. So yeah, NHL players are rad, apparently. But if it was a policy or something that the NHL has, um, suggested, it's not a bad move because people love that. They eat that up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think every sport should do that. It's it's kind of harder to give away basketballs, I would say. Uh, and, and the football players, like they give away stuff. You know, you see them walking off the field. They're pulling off their, like, sweatbands and their receiver gloves and all that kind of stuff. And they're just throwing them to kids in the stands as they walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and baseball guys are usually pretty good about signing pretty much anything that's, th- like, shoved in their face. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it just it's good like i you see you see the videos of like the kids meeting their like hero athletes and it's always just heartwarming you're like man if i was if i was like in that position like that would be so fun just to like yeah because everybody you know you know how it would feel because you you we've all had heroes and i know they say don't meet your heroes but why not make their day yeah it's true all right. Do we have time to solve a problem? Um, where are we at now? I think I don't know. We're we're kind of at our our normal time slot. Let's save it for the next episode. Okay. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. We have a we have a problem to solve. Um. Yeah. So that's it. Um. Thank you for hanging around for episode four. Uh, hopefully, next episode we'll have an interview waiting for you. We've got a couple in the works and uh should be good time and yeah so i will let you um we'll sign off with uh be excellent to each other and this track from mentor collective called passan goodbye
to match up like crazy paving A light skipper says there's no time for gazing That damsel's on the dance floor just waiting Man, if you ain't even gonna get up on the floor Go home on your own, what you coming here for? I see girls galore, love a bust summer butters So cut for your standards with beer pound white cutters She'll make you stutter and stand up with them And I ain't even talking about your hair, my friend So lend me your ears and expel your fears Why you hugging the wall? You should be whining her rear In the clear, don't stop, cause it's never enough Until she's screaming out they break through the door Unless you want to be meeting your future in-laws Get the 